this is my this is my jam <laughs> this is my jam i love this jam so boondock here with you and uh you're listening to fearless and i want to make sure people understand when we start this show you know we we live in a, a state that is an amazing state uh as far as visually uh as far as diversity everything about california is 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 pretty damn amazing We're and then lucky. there's then there's bakersfield <laughs> then there's fresno <laughs> then there's the central valley we don't uh, talk that's the place that we don't go <laughs> we, uh, we just cruise right by those there's turlock and modesto i'm just kidding uh we have all these amazing places in california but over the over the years we have had uh, we've had a, a democratic legislature and uh, it, kind of a left-wing legislature. And keep in mind, we've got Nancy Pelosi, we've got Dianne Feinstein, who, who, way, way back in the day, was not as crazy as she is now. Uh, we had Barbara Boxer for a while, and we've got a whole new breed out there as well. And they have kind of taken the beauty of California and the uh, the economic. Um, opportunities in California and through their legislation uh, at least in the state legislature they have kind of turned it around to a point where the state now is so difficult to make a living so difficult for businesses to come out and and and, and do business here that we have lost not only businesses but we've lost people I think it'll be this year or on the next election cycle where California will have one less seat in Congress. That's right. Uh, we've actually lost people here. 120,000. 120,000. Net, net, net fuel, yeah. And it just, it just continues to like be completely like we'll, we'll come out and we do, you know, people love California. We see all the landscape and everything else. But if you're actually talking about what happens you know behind the scenes and politically it's 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 rough here and we've got people like my best friend who was here for a while and then left and went to idaho and we've had businesses do that as well and uh, we're going to talk about some of those things and some of the things that are happening as far as coronavirus and mask mandates and everything else with kurt uller who is uh former placer county Board of Supervisors. I think I said that right. That's right. right. Is that close? I will correct you on one thing. Yeah. It's Euler, not Uler, but that's okay. Euler. Euler, yeah. You know, I thought it was Euler, Jeez. and then I'm like, that doesn't sound like no, right. The, sound the right. easiest way to remember is when people <laughs> bastardize the word nuclear, they say nuke Euler. And oh. I always go, wait, what what I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Euler. Yes. Kirk yeah. Euler. Okay. Um, well, listen, I did my best. But there's only so much. I'm a radio dude, man. I don't have intelligence. Yeah. Speaking that. isn't one of his I, big things. I, He's a radio I, guy. Yeah. I'm not a good speaker. <laughs> uh, so Kirk is with us here. And of course, we've got Bradley as well. Hi. And uh, so we're going to we're gonna talk to you about a few things. Appreciate you coming on, man. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, dude. I've enjoyed your antics over the years. <laughs> yeah. There's been a couple of them, haven't yeah, there? Just one there or two. Yes. Well, I, I, I notice because you can see when you're on Facebook or Instagram, you can mm -hmm. see uh, who's watching your videos. And I would see you watch and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot, man. We got like like real like important people in the, in the community watching. But then I remember uh, 
I, I, I reached out to you and then you're like, uh, yeah, you had me cracking up with this. And I'm like, thank God that you wasn't yeah. super offended at, at some of this stuff that I did. I'll tell you what though. I, I, I became more and more, um, interested in, in what you were doing, uh, whilst the last, you know, you know, 12 to 16 months or so with coronavirus and the lockdowns and mask mandates and everything else. And when I w- when this whole thing started, I was kind of looking for anybody, anybody in the state of California who would stand up and just be, uh, you know, forthright with the people and, and stand up to the governor, which you have done and probably have gotten yourself in trouble. <laughs> I got a nice little letter back from the uh, Department of Emergency Services, the Office of Emergency Services Director, um, personally addressed to me really uh, yeah oh yeah saying how i was putting at jeopardy funding for placer county right county of four hundred thousand people wow. and uh, my comments um what was the he used a word uh, akin to temperamental or or something <laughs> along those lines how, how my comments uh were jeopardizing uh, emergency funding for Placer County, and so it's unbelievable <laughs> to me, and it doesn't surprise me. No. Uh, but it's uh, unbelievable to me. If, if you could give us just a, a little bit of background sure. on you, uh, so that our listeners uh, understand where you're coming from. Sure. Well, I um, finished the end of last year was uh, 18 years as a member of the Placer County Board of Supervisors, but that was spread over 28 years. Mm-hmm. I was first elected back in 1992. Uh, ripe old age of 24, I decided to run for office okay. and took out an incumbent and did uh, one four-year term back then. In 96, I ran for a state legislative seat and made the mistake of uh, showing up to a gunfight with a knife in my hand. <laughs> and that doesn't work out well no. for the guy holding the knife. No. And uh, uh, so I was out of office for 10 years entirely Okay, and just spent time in the private sector, ended up uh, becoming a part of two different companies that ended up uh, being publicly traded. So I have a long startup experience uh, in uh, technology sector. And in 2006, the fellow who had my old seat on the Board of Supervisors was successful in his bid for uh, the state legislature. And per Placer County's charter, we're a charter county, per our charter, if there's a vacancy, the remaining four supervisors have 30 days in which to unanimously appoint somebody to fill that. Otherwise, it goes to the governor for the governor to fill. So the remaining four supervisors appointed me in 2006. Nice. And I served uh, through last year. Oh, nice. All right. Now, for a lot of people... I actually, I did grow up in a really small town, so I'm, I'm pretty actually comfortable with, like, how, like, government works mm-hmm. in, like, you, you know, especially, like, on smaller scales from, mm-hmm. you know, state down. But what does that mean? What, what does, does that account, do for the community? <laughs> yeah. Who, I'm going to try know. to adjust here without knocking into this thing. <laughs> it's, no, it's you a don't great have question to look at me. You can because, look at him. Because, because so much, <laughs> you're much more pleasant. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> if you don't mind. Trust me. Oh, you, no, can. you can. I just feel bad. Look I don't over want you to. Uh, yeah, trust don't me. want you to be uncomfy. I don't want you to get uh, nauseated I'm, while you're talking. I'm, I'm just fine. Um, so it's a great question. So in the in the uh, service delivery models going from the federal government down to the state and then from states to counties, counties to cities, um, 
the the your cities and counties provide the kinds of services that folks experience on a daily basis. So our roads, our sewers, our water, our police protection, our uh, uh, jail services, district attorney, public defender, health and human services, all of those things, budgets might be affected by decisions that are made at the federal level or at the state level. But typically, actual service delivery is conducted by local governments, for instance, um, if you're here, can I say what county we're in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if we're here in El Dorado County and somebody decides to let themselves in through your back window with a brick, mm-hmm. it's going to be an El Dorado County Sheriff's deputy who's going to drive across El Dorado County roads uh, to your house to hopefully arrest that person and take them off to the El Dorado County Jail where they will sit in jail until they go to the El Dorado County Superior Court where they will be prosecuted by the El Dorado County District Attorney's Office, defended by a public defender, paid for by El Dorado County, at which time they will probably spend a little bit of time, more time in the El Dorado County Jail uh, until they are released on probation, where it will be an El Dorado County probation person who will be watching them. So all those are different services that the county provides. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Placer County, we also do... Uh, all the continuum of care through health and human services comes through the county as well. So folks who are, are receiving some kind of assistance from the county, it's typically delivered at the, or, or excuse me, from the state, it's delivered at the county level typically. So that's just kind of how things break down. I, I uh, am not smart enough to understand all of that, but I know that our <laughs> listeners are. Um, I tried to use the example of a break-in to help. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, to I, help. I'm just offended that you didn't think somebody would be throwing a gold brick through my yeah. window. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you could use cartoon figures and stuff, that would make it really easy yeah. for me to understand. No, that, I think that it breaks it down in a way that like it, it's, under, it's understood. It makes sense. So I made... Uh, so. I, I, I said earlier that what drew me to you was um, you would make these videos all the time about what was going on during the pandemic. And I was so frustrated being in, in um, you know, EMS part-time, um, seeing what was going on, you know, being told that it, hospitals were being overrun, all this other stuff was happening, but I was in the hospitals every day, mm-hmm. talking to doctors every single day. That crap wasn't happening. Right. So I was like, what, what, what the hell's going on? And, and, and I would talk about it. Not everybody would listen to what I'm saying. But finally, I, I, uh, I found you and I would, you would make these videos and you would have charts and you have uh, facts and figures and you would have data to, to present. And that's really all that I cared about. I didn't care about being right or, or being somebody that you know, was a, a malcontent or something. I just wanted the facts, man. I just wanted the facts to come out. So I know you have some facts and figures that, uh, you know, that you're going to talk about here, but um, I just wanted that to be the, the uh, I wanted people to understand why I, I asked you to come aboard and, sure. uh, and to talk with us. So we'll get into that in just a second. But I, I'm curious if you, under, if you know for a fact what is going on with the recall as far as, Gavin Newsom is concerned because I know that we needed like 1.2, 1.5 million. It has qualified. It has qualified. It has qualified. So now what does that mean moving forward? What it it means is that the legislature has to, within a certain number of days of it qualifying, the legislature has to determine a date of the election. It can be pushed out as far. My understanding is at this point, as far as November or even to January of next year before we actually get a vote on it. Um, and so a lot of, 
political machinations in place right now. A lot of folks are saying, gee, isn't it coincidental that all of a sudden California is starting to open up a little bit? Right. Um, not long after the recall yeah. actually qualifies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's just coincidence. No, isn't 100%. The, this happened, what, last week? What, Gray Davis, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and that's Davis. when yeah. we yes. had that election where, like, Gary Coleman ran. That's I think my correct. aunt ran. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. Might have been um, one of the 135 people who ran. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. literally, I mean. There's like a porn star. No, there were 135 candidates. It was literally yeah. like a joke. My aunt yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to give this joke. Because yeah. like, she thought it'd be funny. She didn't yeah. think that she'd actually, like, get on the ballot. Yeah. Amen. She yeah. did it as a joke. Right. She, you know, she's an anesthesiologist. She's like, <laughs> oh, I'm Sweet. just going to give this a try. And then. She got on. She's like, oh gosh, she's like, I don't want to do that. Well, <laughs> we have, so we have a, we will have an election, what, probably November then? It, it, well, it can be, like I said, anytime from, from late this year to early next year is okay. where, where it's looking. And then you have the question of, okay, is the legislature, because the legislature controls when our primaries are. Presidential election is obviously, or the general election is set federally. Um, but we, we might find ourselves in a situation where legislature actually moves up our primary to March again, uh, like they did last year. And, uh, and, and we've, we find ourselves voting in a recall election in January and then turn around with a March. And, and, and so then you start to think, okay, would they do, would they be that manipulative to have people going, why are we voting? Why are we doing this so much? What a waste of money. Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of sour people on the recall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so there, there are, there's some I games. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. yeah there's some games that. possibly that could be played with us. Would you uh, vote for Caitlyn Jenner? I absolutely would. Yeah, me too. <laughs> absolutely. I'd vote, absolutely. I'd, I'd vote for Doug Osi. Uh, I'd vote for Caitlyn Jenner. I'd I vote for that. Rick Grinnell. Uh, I'd vote for anybody not named Gavin Newsom. Right, right. basically, is I literally it, would vote for whoever. Should I have by. my I, aunt run again? <laughs> yeah, yes, you should. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, there are there are things. I, I, I will tell you. I mean, candidly, I've personally endorsed Doug Osi. Okay, um, yeah, I, I've known Doug for a lot of years. He was a very good member of Congress, very conservative. He was, yes. and I, th- and I think he, um, he has a good, very smart guy. Mm-hmm. Doug, Doug is one of those that. Um, if you know him, you get his sense of humor. Otherwise, you're kind of a little bit yeah. like, well, are you trying to be funny? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but Doug is just a very smart guy. So anyway, I, I, this is not supposed to be a Doug Ossie campaign commercial. Hey, man, but, whatever. But, uh, but no, I absolutely would vote for, for Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, I, I, I would vote. I, I've, somebody asked me the other day uh, in, in the uh, station, EMS station, and I said, oh, "Hell yeah! Like, uh, anybody that would that would be able to defeat Gavin Newsom, I will vote for." Well, and, but and remember that we have the two separate questions. Mm-hmm. So the way the recall works is you vote on the first question, and that is, should the governor be recalled? Okay, and and so if it's a majority yes on that the governor's name isn't on the secondary ballot okay so it, Newsom will not appear mm-hmm. so the the real gamesmanship that's play, being played right now is Newsom's best chance is to not have a named democrat on the ballot that legitimizes the recall yeah. and right. gives democrats a choice to vote yes on the recall who might be sick and tired of his hypocritical shenanigans at the French laundry and not Mm -hmm. having our kids in school and all the rest. But when they're, when, when they're faced with do, do I recall him knowing that then a governor or a Republican will be elected because there's no, 
legitimate Democrat on the ballot, it's more likely, they think, to have people vote no on the recall, on the recall itself. Okay. So you'll recall that um, uh, during the, the recall of Gray Davis, there was a Democrat, Lieutenant Governor Cruz Bustamante, right mm-hmm. over him. Yep. Uh, who broke ranks and did put did qualify as a candidate for the recall. And he was running around the state. It was so funny. He's running around the state with his campaign. Recall no, Bustamante see. Si. And that was his entire campaign. And, and uh, you know, he ended up coming in, I don't know, second, third, whatever it was. But uh, right now, um, no Democrats have broken ranks. I didn't think but that. But I'm, I'm, I'm hearing some rumors, so we'll That'd see. That would be nice. I, yeah. I will say, I think that in general, I think on both sides of the aisle, because I'm very kind of bipartisan on things, um, which Keith hates about me. <laughs> I don't even know who Keith is. Oh, so which Boondock hates about me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cut it out like Uncle Jesse. No, nah, it's so um, damn. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but it's, um, I think that it says something that you're not just here to go with the majority and with your party. If you're somebody that says, look, like I believe in a lot of the things the Democratic Party stands for, but I don't believe in a lot of what's happening right now. And that's not okay. And I do think that it speaks a lot for somebody to be strong enough to be willing to say this isn't all right and stand up against it. I also think that's why Arnold Schwarzenegger won that election, though, when it came around, because it was somebody that was kind of appealing. He was running with his own campaign money. He was a little bit more moderate. He was the freaking Terminator. Yeah, That's he, why he, he was, was famous. Well, and it was awesome. He was famous. <laughs> and it was freaking awesome. I will say this, even if there are Democrats out there who are sick and tired of Newsom, and I, I guarantee you there are some, and he's just a clown. But and, and I've called him out a million times. 4420 Town Center Boulevard, Suite 130. Bro, come down here. I swear to God, I can't stand you. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they arrest me tomorrow. You're a clown deluxe. Be that as it may. You've to- uh, I've told you I think he looks exactly like Patrick Bateman, though. He gives off those vibes. He might come down an American psycho. You don't listen to I, any I, I Huey, could, Huey Lewis in the that. news anytime soon. I could see that. But I, I, think, that, I think that when it comes to... The, the Democrats are trying are probably going to try to save face here, and 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 so I think they'll rally behind him. I don't think anybody will break ranks. I don't know if they're going to or not, but um, I could see them binding together and saying, "Hey, look, we may not like Newsom. He may be a clown. Maybe I have aspirations like Bustamante did, but um, the alternative is that our party looks bad, and uh, maybe we're out of power for well, a little while." Well, uh, let me tell you one one name that I I heard last week. That got me going, ooh, that would be interesting. Tulsi Gabbard, former Hawaii congresswoman, who, former military, right? Right. She ran for president. Ran for president and got completely shut down by Pelosi and the Democrat machine. Yeah, I remember that. Who better to come into California... (laughs) <laughs> and run against Nancy's nephew, then Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. and give the ultimate middle finger to the Democrat establishment here in California. Do you think is that even legal for her to do? Oh yeah, though? absolutely. Really? Yeah, you only the, you the have resident, to be a resident, right? The residency requirement, I think, is only sixty days. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, because I mean, Hillary ran for uh, Senate in New York, and yes, you know, yeah, be right? I there. think <laughs> it's sixty days. I think okay. that's. Carpetbagging? No, interestingly, (laughs) though, I think it's just funny that, like, you know, if you want to be president, you have to be a natural-born citizen, Mm -hmm. but to be a governor... Not really. You have to be in the state for (laughs) 60 days? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care. Like, if somebody's going to represent 
us well and do a good job and stand by the people, like I'm, I'm yeah. for it. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah. But I just if, want if somebody good, who's going to stick you know, to the Constitution, a yeah, good just, person, and you're going to do things the way right. that they need to be done. I don't, I don't care. Really, I just think know. it'd be fascinating. I, I mean, I, you want to talk, talk about political theater? Oh my god! The kinds of things that she could say. Yeah. That she knows would just set Nancy on fire. She is, she's, she's a, uh, she's a spark plug too. Oh man. yeah, and she's cute. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's hot. Man. She's hot. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I wouldn't mind looking at that for a while. Uh, Tulsi, come on the show, bro. Um, or Christy, no, she's my girl. Christy, no. Oh my god, I want I her so. I bad. don't think she's gonna get elected in California. No, she won't. Sorry, but my that's, god, that's, she's hot. Tulsi, Tulsi could get elected in California. Christy, um, I like that. Okay, shifting gears real yeah. quick. I was in Santa Cruz over the weekend. and I'm sorry. Um, I know. I lived there for a while. I lived in Capitola. I lived in Santa Cruz. I'm a big surfer. I love it down there. I'm always down there surfing. We went this weekend. Didn't surf because it was like nine below zero out there. But we did like go to a lot of different bars and stuff. Had a good time. Capitola. Went to the village. Did all that stuff. We were downtown Sacramento. Or excuse me, downtown Santa Cruz. And we went into a surf shop. Um I won't say what it is only because I can't remember, but I posted it all over I, Facebook. I know what it is. What is it? It was O'Neill. No, it wasn't. Well, that was the second that one. Was, oh, that was the, O'Neill's yeah, the head, sign that you posted was O'Neill. The, the O'Neill headquarters in Capitola is one of them. You guys can eat a big old giant D, just so that you know. All right, and I love... I, I love... He loves Giant D. I said, no, I, I, I am a big, big fan of, of O'Neill because when Jack was alive, we used to surf with him. And we went to his paddle out when he died. So it isn't about him, man. But that, that, that headquarters in Capitola, full of crap. So they put this sign out that said, uh, uh, you're vaccinated, question mark. Congratulations, you still have to wear a mask. So we're downtown and we're at this surf shop and I walk in and I don't have a mask. And so I'm walking around and the lady comes up to me and she says, uh, hey, you need to put that mask on. And um, she goes, and you need to pull it over your nose. And I said, what mask? I don't have one. She's like, well, I got a mask for you. I said, I don't need that mask. And she was like, no, you need a mask to be in here. And I said, did you guys not get the memo? Like the CDC just got through saying we don't need to have masks if we're vaccinated. And we don't have to wear them outside. We don't have to wear them inside. She goes, yeah, but this, but in this county, every store has the right to make their own their own rules and policy. And I said, so you guys decided that you were going to go with the most draconian, ridiculous. Let's see if I can even find it right here. Yeah. You decided you were going to go with the most Stalin-esque Soviet Union style uh, mandate ever. Like you didn't get the memo on this. And and then they were like, well, um, we can do what we want. And blah, blah, blah. And so I said, okay, whatever. And the person I was with, the girl I was with, um, you know, she ain't wearing masks, man. She's, she's a gangster. So she was like, well, I ain't putting on shit. And then this guy comes around the corner and he's like, hey, man, listen, don't give us any crap. This is our responsibility because the, the owner told us. And so we just need you to be quiet and put the mask on. And I said, do you, listen, do you even hear yourself, man? I said, here's my stuff. I gave him back like $200 worth of stuff I was going to buy. I handed it to him. I said, I'm out. So I left. Then I go to the boardwalk, and we're, dra- we're walking on the boardwalk. is completely open, everybody out there. You can go to the boardwalk if you want. But keep in mind, every human being out there had a mask on. It looked like, it looked like, like, like the sheep 
convention, right? And and the, I was the like, the harbor seals are wearing masks. Exactly. <laughs> I was literally the uh, there was hard like great, the great on, whites though. going after the harbor <laughs> yeah, seals exactly. are wearing it's, masks. It's That's hard for them to get them on though with their little flippers. It's That's real challenging. I don't even mind getting attacked by sharks now because they all got masks on. Double masks. They're double yeah. masks. Uh, and so I uh, where they put it over? They don't have any ears. No. Well, they can nice figure it out. The Trust. They can figure <laughs> it's it out. A bow. Um, I, I literally go and, and I'm the only, there's like one other couple and I can see them from like half a block down on the boardwalk and they're waving at us and stuff. <laughs> and, and they're not wearing a mask. They're not wearing a yeah. mask. Now, is it a, is it a boardwalk mandate as well? It is. You walk onto the boardwalk and says, if you're not wearing a mask, we'll kick you out. And I'm like, to hell you will. And I'm like, whatever, dude. So I'm like sitting there walking through no mask. And then uh, nobody says anything, really. Even the security is not saying anything. But I go to pay for something to buy my daughter something. And I go to hand to her cat at the cash. And she, like, backs away. And she goes, oh, no, 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 we don't take cash. And I went, what, what are you doing right now? And she's like, well, we don't take cash. I said, why not? She says, the pandemic. I said, do you guys not get internet down here? Like, you, do you have any idea how far? You guys are acting like it's March of 2020. Like, this is not a thing anymore. You're going you to get a, you're gonna get a contact high from all the drugs that have been done with <laughs> yeah. this dollar bill before you're going to get COVID. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All since the pandemic, too. Because what else are we going to do, babe? Do you have uh, hand sanitizer? <laughs> Wash your hands. You're fine. So this leads into this. I looked at one of the restaurants there in Capitola. It says they're still in the orange tier. What the hell is going on, man? Like, what what is going on with the mask mandates here? Because the CDC said if you if you're if you are uh, uh, vaccinated, even Fauci came mm-hmm. out and, and and admitted that it was all theater, theater. Yeah. Uh, because he was wearing it because he didn't want to undermine the CDC. But he said if you're vaccinated, and the CDC said if you're vaccinated, no new. No new data, by, no. mind you. Uh, nope. It's the same data we've had for, for six months. But but they say now that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to have a mask inside or outside. Mm-hmm. Basically, restrictions have been removed. But Santa Cruz and the Bay Area, San Francisco, and everywhere in between is is continuing this nonsense. What What is going on in the state of California with mask mandates? So this actually goes back, our Board of Supervisors, end of August, first part of September of last year, We were the first county in the state to say we are declaring an end to our locally declared public health emergency, right? Every county in the state of California in March of last year, by the end of March of last year, had declared a local public health emergency. And the reason that we all did this is because of the projections, right? We were, I mean, we're we're looking at stories in the New York Times projecting 25 million people who are going to be infected by June and 2.5, 10% death rate. um, 2.5 million, we're going to be dead by June. (laughs) And and we're looking at this going, holy crap. Well, yeah, those are scary numbers to look at. That's terrifying. So every local government is looking at this and every local government is saying, okay, if something like this were to happen, it would overwhelm our ability to provide health care. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So every single locally declared public health emergency, if you, I don't care which county or which city, if you look at their original resolution, it is based on the premise that our healthcare system is going to get overwhelmed. We're going to be overrun. We're going to have dead people laying in the streets because we can't keep up. So with it's it. preve- it was preventative at that point. It was projecting and it was preventative. Yes, but it missed the mark entirely. And this is why I sit here today 
talking to my former colleagues saying, you understand that state law requires that it's government code section 2631, 8631, 8631, which has to do with the public health declared emergency at the local level, requires that you shall declare an end to the public health emergency at the earliest available opportunity. It's in the freaking state constitution that we sworn all to uphold. Mm -hmm. And so by August of last year, we're looking around, I'm going, Placer County's healthcare system, we have a 668 staffed bed capacity if they don't ramp up. 668. We had seven people in the hospital with COVID. Yeah. I think we got it. (laughs) Okay. Not to say that those cases didn't happen where people were super sick and needed those services, but it wasn't as as crazy as it was projected to be. Overwhelm the healthcare system. We came nowhere near. Right. And so we in Placer County said, we're not in a local state of emergency. The state of California made it very damn clear. The minute we did that, we are still going to come in and enforce everything that we have authority over, which is why our salon owners and our saloon owners, anybody that is subject to any kind of state licensure still was under the jackboot of the state of California and Newsom in particular. And so the state of California all through this has made it very clear. We don't care what your local government says. We are going to use every lever under our control to make sure that you adhere to this lockdown. Why are they doing it? There's plenty of speculation, but they are doing it. So, you know, when, when they defer to the counties uh, or the county then defers to their businesses, you know, on, the business has the right to do that. You have the right to set down the $200 worth of merchandise and walk the hell out. And so, you know, you voted with your feet, you voted with your pocketbook and good for you. And what have we seen in California over the last year? People voting with their feet and voting with their pocketbooks and getting the hell out. Yeah, that's right. First time in the history of this state, we've actually had an out migration and, and, and that's over 10. Think about this. We lost from, 2010 to 2020, we lost 120,000 people. During that time, we had a lot of in-migration, an awful lot of it not necessarily illegal. Right. How many people had to leave this state in order to eclipse the number of people who came into the state either legally or illegally? Right. Right. It's a significant number. Yeah. And what I keep referring people back to... um, it was uh, Larry Kudlow was yeah. one of the first. He was an advisor for, for Trump. He was one of the first guys. I'm trying to think if it was Larry Kudlow or Art Laffer. One of those two guys who came up with the U-Haul metric. Said, if you want to know how, how economies are working in this country, go online to U-Haul and rent a U-Haul from California to Texas. Or here's a real world example, California to Idaho. In 2016, we moved to business from California to Idaho. It cost us four days worth of rental to move the company up there in the U-Haul. Four days rental, unlimited mileage, just over $1,000 to rent the truck to go that way. Me being me, when I'm up there, I asked the guy, by the way, just out of curiosity, if I were to rent this here in the greater Boise area and drive it to the greater Sacramento area, what's it going to cost me? 49 bucks. <laughs> wow. 49 bucks. Wow. Basically what they're saying is you're willing to be free labor to drive the truck back to California so that we can charge somebody confiscatory price to drive the hell out of California. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I I I don't know. Now a lot of people have come to me and and uh, because I mouth off all the time. And no. I don't. I, true. I swear to God, it's true. You should listen every now and then. I I am pretty mouthy. And so what happens is uh, people will come to me and they'll ask me quick. Now I've been paying attention to politics. I've been paying attention to economics. Um, I'm a Milton Friedman guy. Love it. I'm an Adam Smith guy. I, my, I think the, the, um, I mean, I've had uh, over the years, um, I, I've been just a huge Milton Friedman fan. And, um, and so I, I've always been into that and studied it and read about it and everything else. So people will always ask me questions about, you know, what we can do to, uh, to fight back. How can we, how can we, um, take back the state, so to speak? And, all I can tell them is is to vote. I do believe that there's a huge a huge um, uh, swath of people in California that that are conservative, or at least in the middle of the road. And what's happening with Gavin Newsom is not middle of the road. Gavin Newsom is so far to the left yeah. and so ridiculous, and the media just dry humps him all day long. So it's it's not like you can get any real fair coverage. But what is it that that people in this state can do to try and take the state back. Cause I'll be honest with you, you know, like businesses, it's, it's not business friendly. Uh, people have left the state. Businesses have left the state. Elon Musk has thrown the fingers up at California. Like, like what is it that people can do uh, to try and get the California back to where it, it is, is friendly to businesses and to individuals in this state? I will tell you there there are few places on earth lonelier than being a conservative elected official in the state of California. Oh, bad. Um, and the reason isn't because there aren't other conservatives in the state of California. The reason is far too many conservatives choose not to self-identify. Okay, I get that. And I I can't tell you the number of times where we would have a, an ordinance in front of us or a project in front of us or a budget item in front of us. And you knew one side was going to be represented and you knew I was going to have to represent the other side. Mm-hmm. And I was going to have to sit up there at the dais and make the argument in favor of what it is we were pushing when we ended the local public health emergency. Yeah. Not a single person got up and spoke in favor of us. Any, the board members had to make the argument. We had phone calls and I mean, our public health officer resigned in protest 20 minutes after we did it. Then she <laughs> went to work for Yolo County where their death rate is 33% higher than Placer County's after she got there. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been to Yolo County. There's nothing there. Well, so there's Davis. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, this is true. West Sacramento and exactly. Davis. No, yeah. West. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm just saying, there's not a whole lot. So, so, like, it's not a populous but, area no, like Placer right. is, though. But, but here's, here's the thing. Back, and back so, to my but data, if I may. That's what's crazy to me, though, is if their death rate is so much higher, shouldn't it be, like, it's a more... Ch- it is more rural, so think. therefore you would think. But, yeah, when so, again... Our public health officer resigns because we're being reckless in Placer County and we're going to subject people to the disease and and the bodies in the streets and all the rest. So uh, Placer County on uh, cases per 100,000 were 12% lower than Yolo County. On deaths per 100,000, 33% lower than Yolo County. Bear in mind, she left Placer County, went to Yolo County, immediately instituted 
all kinds of additional restrictions, travel restrictions, all kinds of other stuff. And this is the thing, you know, when we talk, when we compare state to state and all the rest, and a lot of attention, thankfully, I, I want to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back because I was mm -hmm. one of the first people that I saw actually looking at what is, what's actually transpiring in Florida versus other states because it was september of last year where governor desantis finally said all right we're done kids are going back to school y'all yeah. y'all go about your lives and and we'll just we'll see how it comes and so i started comparing florida and texas against california and new york and i've got the updated data for you oh, I can't but wait. uh <laughs> where are we where do we sit today so today if you take the total cases uh on a case per hundred thousand basis uh, California and New York are actually slightly better in cases, 5% fewer cases per 100,000 in California and New York than in Florida and Texas. Deaths, California and New York, 12% higher. So while we have a few more you know, cases, we have fewer or more deaths in the lockdown states, but here's the, really the devastating part. When you look at California and New York versus Florida and Texas, their unemployment rate is 45% higher in California wow. and New York than it is in Florida and Texas. So this is the point that I've been trying to make all along. Under the auspices of trying to save lives, you're destroying livelihoods. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Destroying people's ability to make a living. The salon owners, mm -hmm. the, the bar owners, the people working in the bars. And that's the other thing. We have these lockdowns and these restrictions that so are disproportionately focused on that percentage of our population that isn't affected by this. You right. shut down gyms and bars, you ain't hurting the 65-plus crowd. Yep, that's right. You're hurting the crowd that doesn't get this stuff. Or if we do get it, it doesn't affect us. That's right, that's right. And who works in those places? Who works at the bars and the restaurant and the gyms? It ain't the 65-plus crowd. That's right. So you're not protecting the people that you think you need to protect you're putting a whole bunch of people out of work and onto the government payroll. It's virtue signaling straight up. Uh, we had we had uh, the most vulnerable people. And I said this at the very beginning. You, you got the most vulnerable people in the state, uh, the 65 plus, the ones with underlying conditions, things of that nature. Those are the ones that, that you know, we, we need to um, protect. And at the very beginning of this thing, the very, very beginning, I said, I'm okay with shutting down for a couple of weeks to try to get a grip, get ahead of things and figure out what the hell is going on. As time went on, it became more and more evident that this was not what they said that it was. I was in the hospitals. I was talking to doctors, right. epidemiologists, virologists. I was looking at the hard, uh, like raw data. Uh, then I would watch your videos. I would get uh, an update on what was happening as far as death per thousand, uh, you know, infection rates, all these other things. It was clear that the, the homework was being done, yet they were continuing to push this thing. And then you were then we got into the schools. My daughter, mm -hmm. who's in high school, goes to Ponderosa High, and they weren't in school, and then they were doing one day a week, and they were doing two days a week, and then the teachers' unions were getting involved, and it, it, all this stuff was happening, and it was maddening for people, and they couldn't do anything to fight against what was happening, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why the governor, I mean, literally, I would go to Santa Cruz every weekend to go surfing, and I swear to God, I saw this at the point in Santa Cruz, uh, there was a table set up by two liberal women with a recall Gavin Newsom table and they, where they were signing people up for the recall. And so I think that 
he he buried himself. You you took all this stuff. You took this sledgehammer to a pl- to to something that needed a scalpel, and you did everything back assward, and you ruined people's lives. You ruined people's uh, businesses. You you shut people down. You you caused a major mental health pri- uh, crisis in this country, uh, and certainly in this state. I would go drop people off at these mental uh, these mental health hospitals, and they were up six, seven, eight hundred percent for people that were under the age of seventeen. So much so that when we drop people off at these places, we had to take them to L.A. or we had to take them to another state or we had to take them to the Bay Area. Like it was so overwhelming. We did all of this in the name of what they are trying to suggest was science. But then when the real science came out, now they want to try and suggest that that's not the case. So here is, and and as you know, big fan of the data, right? Oh, absolutely. So California Department of Public Health, their website May 12th, so we're looking at data that's about a week old. Yeah. But as of May 12th, printed this off today. So uh, the population of the state of California that is over the age of 80 is about 4%. They are 40% of the deaths. Okay. Okay, 40%. Almost half of the deaths are over the age of 80. The percentage of the population of the state of California under the age of 18 is 22 22% under the age of 18, 0% of the deaths. No. 0% of the deaths. A grand total, drum roll please, mm-hmm. a grand total in the state of California over the last 14 months of COVID deaths, 21. 21. Under the age of 18. 20, how many people under the age of 18? Drug overdose. Mm-hmm. Suicide for depression. Car accidents. Completely, yeah. well... I'm talking about things that are domestic domestic violence issues. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ancillary effects of a shutdown, removing you from your social interaction, Mm -hmm. from interacting with your friends. Locking you potentially in with the things, whether they're, you know, within your own mind or with Mm -hmm. somebody that can be harmful or substances that. Yeah. So 22% of the state's population is under the age of 18 and a grand total of 20 one deaths out of that what's that work out to it's a uh, oh, oh and i mean 22 percent of the well the state's population is for uh, about forty thousand. so eight eight i'm uh, 40 million so about eight million people mm-hmm. eight nine million people of the yeah that are under the age of 18 under the mm-hmm. age of 18 yeah. eight or nine million people 22? 20 21 deaths 21 yeah now that now look those of you who are listening, that's not to suggest that the 21 deaths are not important, but you have to, I mean, why don't we look at this for a second? My daughter's about to get a driver's license. Look at the amount of people under the age of 18 are killed in car accidents every single year. Like, but that doesn't keep me from buying my daughter a car or getting her a a driver's license. It's mitigated risk. That's right. We have, we have placed all of these things onto our young people, um, based on faulty information and virtue signaling and political correctness, and it's caused way more uh, of a problem for our, our, the mental health and for a, a full-year loss of education, really. Oh, well over. Yeah. The compounding yeah. effect of having kids out of not just what they should have been learning, yeah, but the process of learning how to learn. Learning how to learn. You That's have right. to relearn how to learn. You have to restudy how to study. Because when I'm sitting there staring at a screen, slack rod, 
I ain't studying. I'm not right. absorbing. That's right. right. That's right. Otherwise, I'd know all the episodes of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> exactly. Would, exactly. Because I sat there slack dog staring at him as I was growing up. So it's it just it's it's one of these things. You know, you asked a question earlier about what can people do because people do feel like well we're powerless. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it it is as simple as ha- ha- let me answer this question. I'm gonna answer my question with a question. Has it ever been more important who your school board members are yeah good point yeah all of a sudden this saw that race, in arizona all of a sudden this little race for school board that that nobody ever paid attention to we've got schools open in placer county because we successfully elected three people who said we want our schools open mm-hmm. so we raised money we campaigned for them and we got the high school open because we elected people who said I want it open. I'm willing to go in there and vote that way. I'm willing to stand in the face of the teachers union and I'm willing to vote that way. So pay attention at the local level and, and one by one, you know, identify somebody. I guarantee you, whether you live in Placerville or Roseville or any other ville in, in Victorville, mm. any other ville in, in, in California or other parts I hope of the country. it's not Victorville, though. <laughs> Victorville. Bro, I guarantee there. you, there are people who think like you think. Do the work necessary to help elevate those folks who are willing to come forward, put their name on the ballot, because these local elections matter. They really do. They really, really do. Uh, that was one thing that I've heard from from multiple people in multiple states is, uh, and Dan Bongino is one of the guys I listen to a lot, and he talks about it all the time. The local elections actually matter. Um, and uh, with you and what what the uh, Board of Supervisors did in Placer County actually mattered. Like, those well, are and big this, things. This is the point that I was trying to make going back to when we did this in, in August and declared an end to our local uh, emergency. So the governor, every local elected official who declared a local public health emergency has a constitutional obligation, as I said earlier, at the earliest available opportunity, they shall declare an end. The governor has the same constitutional obligation on his locally de- or statewide declared state of emergency. The, the California Constitution says you shall declare an end to it at the earliest available opportunity. My point was, if you get a majority of the counties who say we're not in a public health emergency, then by definition... The state can't be in a public health emergency. That's right. So that's why I was trying to get 50, well, we have 58 counties, so what, 29 uh, counties, 29 counties to say we're not in a local public health emergency because by definition, then the state can't be. And so it would have forced the governor's hand to have to rescind that, that statewide state of emergency that we're still under. And, you know, people don't understand that it's only because we're under the statewide state of emergency that we have these kinds of extraordinary mandates. Yeah. If the statewide state of emergency goes away, there is no such thing as a mass mandate because it was not a law. Right. There is no such thing as assumed uh, uh, employer liability. Right now, if somebody goes to a raging kegger party, I'm not advocating it. I'm not dis- <laughs> discouraging it. I'm just saying if somebody were to do so and they hang out in close proximity with their friends and somebody gets COVID and they show up at work and they are tested and they are COVID positive, it is assumed in the state of California to be a workplace incident. It's a workplace case. And under OSHA, the Occupation Safety and Health Administration, under OSHA, if you have three declared cases within your workplace, you have to shut down. Wow. And everything is assumed to be a workplace. And that's an executive order. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That just shows that... that, So... 
how many counties were able were able to say that they weren't in a, a, a health emergency? At, at this point, beyond Placer and Sutter, I'm not aware. I know wow. Fre- I know Fresno. Um, I I got a call from a couple of Fresno County supervisors about six eight weeks ago now, um, who wanted me to send them my stuff, and so I did. I don't know if they went ahead and pulled the trigger, but now if you if you if you um, declare a state of emergency in your county, does that mean you are able to get funds from the state? It does. Okay. That's one of the things. However, as I have said all along, since we did this prospectively, we did it under the threat that we were going to be overwhelmed. As as I say to each of my former colleagues. If you were presented with that resolution today, knowing what you know now 14 months later, you were presented with this resolution today and you read this and you couldn't vote for it today, you must rescind. You have an affirmative obligation under the Constitution to rescind it. If you wouldn't vote to implement it for the first time today, you have to get rid of it. Hmm. Uh, That's unbelievable. And... Now we've got, we've got, uh, well, the governor came out and said, somebody told me the governor said this because I don't even listen when that clown comes on TV anymore. But somebody said, uh, I read it, I think, that he was going to, somebody sent me a message on Facebook and they said, hey, did you see the governor? He's, gonna, uh, he's going to lift the mask mandate on the 15th. Uh, is that is, is that what's happening? He's going to lift the mask mandate. So, so what the governor who follows the science? Oh, of course, a hundred percent. The governor who 100%. follows the science. Um, what the what the science has shown the governor is that um, the ability of COVID nineteen to perpetuate itself beyond June fourteenth. 2021 at 11.59 p.m. expires. Runs out. No, it's really scared of that day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the science... It's just like if you have french fries in front of you, it's scared of those two. Exactly. So so (laughs) the the governor has, has followed the science and the science is telling him that at that particular moment in time, uh, COVID will no longer be an issue. Now, if... So, but, but... when does this state of emergency situation end? Does it ever end? It, it requires, here's, there are only two things that can end the state of emergency. Okay. Uh, the governor. Okay. A joint resolution from both houses. Okay. That's not going to happen in California. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so our best bet is to, look, this, look, I, I've known about Gavin Newsom since, since the early 90s. He's a complete clown. I don't care if anybody is mad at me for saying that. I don't care if it's mean. I've followed this dude forever. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He is the the epitome of white privilege. So if you want to talk about white guilt and white privilege, then bitch, you don't have anywhere to look but beyond <laughs> Gavin Newsom. He is the epitome of it. He is an absolute clown. He is so worthless in what he does. The only way to make sure this kind of stuff doesn't happen is we've got to recall this clown. People have got to go out and uh, they've got a vote uh, and hopefully hopefully we get somebody else in there. I'm telling you it isn't a, it isn't a Democrat and Republican thing because um, I resign myself to the fact that you know the state of California you know they may have a governor they may have a, Repu- uh, a Democrat governor that, that that's that's fine that's fine but we need somebody who is an adult. <laughs> and who isn't constantly um, you know being a hypocrite. And we need somebody who will stand up and be a leader. What he has done 
in the last 16 months is an absolute embarrassment. And, uh, and, and people have tried to rise up against him. The fact that he is being recalled and that it qualified, and the fact that I would go to liberal cities in California and see you know, tables set up with recall Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. is a testament to the fact that everybody feels this way. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, if, if I am a Republican running for governor right now, because the, the big question is, okay, let's say a Tulsi Gabbard doesn't run or Antonio Villarigos doesn't run, and it is going to be a Republican that is on the second ballot question. Mm-hmm. And that's the only option for a Democrat. Either I vote no on the recall or yes on the recall and then choose a Republican. Mm-hmm. If I'm a Republican right now and I am not running on one issue and one issue only, and that is school choice. Yeah, there you go. The ability, giving every parent, Think of where we would be today in the state of California with your kids subject to mask requirements if you had the ability to say, I'm taking my daughter and the $13,000 that she represents Mm -hmm. and I'm taking her over here and I'm putting her in this school because I have the ability to take the $13,000 a year that we're spending on her at Ponderosa High, which might be great, Mm -hmm. but I'm now going to go over to this school, private school, whatever, because now I'm empowered. And so now I'm voting with my dollars again and my kid is voting with their feet and they're getting the hell out of this public school trap that we're in. So school choice is it. Believe it or not, in California, the largest political party isn't the Democrats' decline of state. It's fastest growing, I should say. Democrats are the largest. Decline of state is fastest growing. Um, so on the question of school choice, it's almost dead even amongst Democrats. Really? It is a majority amongst decline of state, and okay. it is a super majority amongst Republicans, Republicans okay. of should we wow. empower parents. So okay. when you look at the question statewide, it actually wins by 8 to 10% statewide. Wow. So should we give parents the ability to say, I'm going to decide where my kid goes, and you're telling me that this school over here is going to be open for in-person instruction with whatever they think are appropriate you know, safety protocols, but this school over here is going to be online. I'm moving my kid. The uh, teachers union is strong in this state. And the, the crazy thing about the unions, and I had to explain this to a friend of mine the other day. Look, when you're talking about the teachers union, the teachers union spends millions and millions and millions of dollars electing Democrats. Single largest lobbying organization in the state of California is CTA. CTA. And then Single largest. you sit down and you have these negotiating parties mm-hmm. with the people that they spent millions of dollars to That's elect. Right. Mm-hmm. So it isn't really, you're not, there's no, your you're taxpayers and parents are the ones who are, who have to deal with this. There's no representation at the table for them. So it's not really a negotiation so much as it's a circle jerk. And what happens is you have these, this teachers union that, that, that spends millions of dollars, they elect these guys, and then you you, you continue to, to have this problem with the public schools in the state of California. So you're right, man. School choice is a big one. Uh, it's something that people should definitely look into. It's something that people should definitely um, uh, think about when they go to vote for the next person, when they vote uh, yes on the recall. And then, look, I, at this point, I'm not kidding around. I would vote for Bradley and Megan to be the governor of California. I have no doubts that they would be better than what we have now. Uh, and and, and uh, what about you, Kirk? I mean, at some point, do you 
want to run for higher office? I mean, you've got the you've the, got the resume, brother. <laughs> you got it, man. So in, in in California, somebody like me is is simply not going to get elected to a statewide office. You don't think so? No, I don't. You just don't I, have the backing I mean, of the party. It, it, well, it, it's not so much that it's it's the R versus D. It really is. Okay. Um, and and a recall scenario. Would Could you, you say you're a Democrat? No. And just <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, there's too much evidence to the contrary. Okay, yeah, good the, point, good point, good point. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, uh, the recall scenario is actually a scenario where somebody, an outsider, could could make, make a, a play, but it's still, I mean, you're looking at, if you don't show up with 10 to $15 million, forget it. Okay. I mean, it's just this state is that big, and, and to be able to cut through the noise, I mean, look... Caitlyn Jenner says I'm in, doesn't have to spend a penny, gets how many hundreds of million dollars worth of earned media just by saying I'm in. Yeah. Right? Good point. What what's it what's it take a John Cox to earn the kind of publicity or Doug Osi to earn the kind of publicity yeah. that a former decathlete uh, who decides he wants to wear a dress instead of pants. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, that he gets now. So yeah, it's just the the, the name game is still very important. Yeah. Would you? Do you have something you were going to say, Riley? I thought you were. I thought you were jumping in. No, I'm just that. listening. Uh, Kirk Euler. Euler. No. Yeah. Euler. Euler. That's the other way, but I wasn't like, going to do that. I was thinking nu- nuclear, and then nuclear, I, and, yes, nu- and I was like, wait, which way did it go? <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you coming in, man. Uh, like I said, I, I paid attention to the videos and watched. It helped me get through. Um, without losing my mind, knowing that there was somebody out there that actually had the, the, the real raw data and the evidence and was speaking logically to people. Uh, so we appreciate you standing up for people, not just, not just in Placer County, but all over. So we appreciate your leadership, man. Thank you. And, uh, we thank you so much for coming in and you can check us out again on Spotify, iTunes, fearless with boondog and Bradley, check it out. And, uh, we will talk to you soon.